banished from our solar system for crimes committed against humanity, drifting through that black void of ageless, timeless space, aimlessly wandering about the universe, waiting for the precise moment, that exact reoccurrence of events to take place in order that she might return. And now, Krita Borgia, arch-villainess of all time, has set into motion her plan to once again try and conquer the universe. That's a really lame tagline. Yeah, that's the tagline for this film, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. If one of the things you like to do is have fun, she's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um... Actually, I don't know. It's pretty good. It's it's nice. It's in my head now. <laughs> if I'm thinking back on it later, and I was like, I want to have some fun. And I was like, you know what would be fun? If I watched today's film. All right. Again, because well, I did watch it. <laughs> right. Well, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. We are here today to talk about uh, a fun film. Perhaps a perfect film in the way that Jeremy described. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, we're talking today about the 1979 film known as either Superwoman or Miss Magnificent. Yes. Um, let's just call it Superwoman. Let's tempt fate. <laughs> we're going to get shut down by Warner Brothers. Good. Let them come after us. <laughs> we'll see. You put it up as Miss Magnificent. But we'll say Superwoman. Okay, we'll uh, we'll see how this goes. All right, we'll split the difference and see if we remember to say Superwoman. Uh, but yes, this film was shot and released as Superwoman, but uh, the producers got taken to court, and uh, it was found that there were enough similarities to impose changes, so they had to go back and uh, delete a bunch of stuff in the yeah. audio and scribble out some logos in the in the film itself yeah they had to trim out any instance of superwoman mm -hmm. uh kryptonite and i think the last name lane or something yes yeah, there so, was like someone's name got cut like so all caught up there was uh lois lay yeah lois. and clark click and even though their last names are different than the actual DC characters, uh, their last names got chopped. Did they? I, I know Clark Click is still on a newspaper, I think, when he gets kidnapped. Right. But maybe it was Linda Kent. Maybe the name Kent got cut. I think that also got cut. I, I think, think that they... They just chopped it willy-nilly. Right. Uh, much like last week's uh, episode, this film was edited by a gorilla or an yeah. ape of some sort. I don't know. This one's a little bit better. This is like a very artful gorilla. I would say that the uh, the censorship, I guess, of the film yeah. uh, was probably done by an ape. Yeah, it was done but, by uh, uh, an ape with a pair of scissors. But um, the uh, sharpie. The first pass of editing was probably done by a human. Yeah. They had the ape up in legal take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> All the apes working together. Yeah. And they're strong together. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, and this... they started a law firm. It's 
Gorilla, Gorilla, and uh, Wise Bomb. <laughs> uh, um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah um he's still a gorilla but he's a jewish gorilla right yeah he is great i love him he's got a little yarmulke and i think he's orthodox he's got the little the sideburns and um i'm gonna go to his home for dinner next shabbos <laughs> Well, I mean, no better place to go for a Shabbos dinner. Yeah, than over at Gorilla Wise Bomb's house. His first name's Gorilla. So the other, every gorilla's first name is Gorilla. So the other two are Gorilla Gorilla and Gorilla Gorilla. And then Gorilla Wise Bomb. <laughs> uh, so this film... <laughs> In addition to being edited by a uh, legal team of apes, uh, was also uh, a nice showcase for a few names that uh, our Raincoat Report followers were will be familiar with. Yeah, we've got a diverse we've got a diverse cast of uh, favorites here. Yes, uh, starring as Superwoman is Desiree Casto. Yes, um, who we haven't seen in a while. It's been a little bit. Yeah, but uh, um, it's always a pleasure to see her. Yes, and we have John Seaman. Yes, John Seaman is Charles, yeah. the uh, troubled neighbor. Well, mm. troubled citizen. Yeah, he's definitely a troubled citizen. We have Mike Horner. Yes. As Clark Click. Yes, he's there. Uh, we've got Jesse St. James as the, the uh, space rogue uh Krita borgia yes uh sharon kane is one of her uh, uh alien assistants one of her henchmen yes and larry david oh larry <laughs> davis that's different uh we have damon christian who's also the producer of this film and has produced a couple other films we've covered like uh high school fantasies yeah uh, and hard soap, hard soap. Yeah. Uh, a few others. Big name. Uh, putting all the money into the porn. Yes. Uh, the... He gets to play the role of a, produce, a, of a produce truck driver who we don't see on screen. Yeah. But uh, throw some tomatoes. Yeah. It's a little running joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's got, it's got quite a cast. Uh, and they get up to some real hijinks this week, you know? They certainly do. It's a very, it's a lot more fun than today's comic book movies, you know? It certainly is. There's, uh, there's a lot of heart in this, uh, yeah. a lot of soul, a lot of sensuality. And I think besides, like, Deadpool, it's the only one with, like, dildos. Okay. You know? That's probably like, true. In the, in, the, in the main Marvel, like, overarching canon. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any, like, the... DC, like I didn't see like the Snyder cut. I don't know if there's like a dildo somewhere in that like four and a half hours. <laughs> but my guess is going to be no. Probably not, no. Um, and that's unfortunate. It really shows you how much movies have gotten worse over the years. Yeah, they really nailed it in 1979 and on a fraction of the budget these films get. So uh, I think we should take a closer look and ponder the lessons of a superwoman and see really 
what the genre has lost, and we'll, we'll propose some ways we can get back to it. Yes, we will take the industry in the right direction and save the theaters that have been struggling since the pandemic. Oh, yes. First of all, just put Axel Braun parodies in the theaters. Yes, for sure. That'll get asses in the seats. Yeah, I mean, you go see the superhero movie, and then the next week the superhero movie porn parody comes out. I don't even think. We can just skip the normal movie and just go straight to the porn parody at this point. I mean, I'm on board. Okay. I'm more likely to watch the porn parody myself. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as long as you keep it legally non-actionable, right? everybody's going to have a great time. Uh, unlike the producers on this film. Yeah, they bit off more than they could chew. Yes, and unfortunately, uh, all we're left with is the significantly altered version of the film. But uh, at the very least, that provides its own level of uh, charm to the film. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little... Uh, it's almost like forbidden. Like We almost couldn't see it if they hadn't changed it. Right. So, uh, it's pretty cool that it still exists, I guess. Yeah. It's not like, uh, that Karen Carpenter movie with the dolls, Superstar. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one's locked away. Yeah, that's unfortunate because, uh, despite the fact that it was almost impossible to see what was happening in the version that I found on the internet, uh, it was a delightful film. Yeah, well, delightful's a... Maybe not the exact right word for it, but it's a... Well, yeah, it's a troubling film, but uh, the the experience of watching it is uh, revelatory. Yeah, it's a very... It's what Boss said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's all dolls, except uh, like sometimes they have a lady talk. But otherwise, it's all dolls. Yeah. It's all dolls. It's not like Toy Story. They don't come to life. Karen Carpenter's soul isn't trapped in a doll. They're using a doll to represent her. Got it? Yeah. Okay, you want to go to break? Yeah, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Superwoman, Miss Magnificent. The Karen Carpenter story. <laughs> should start our own superhero franchise strike while the iron's hot yeah we already have one we got lodestar oh yeah <laughs> yeah um we've got metal rod from project metal rod oh yeah oh, we've got a bunch we've got the collector oh yeah <laughs> and of course the teacher well wow. yes wow what a collection yeah uh, I can oh. see the action figures already. <laughs> yeah, I think all of those. And then Desiree Custo in this film. Um, but someone's taken like a Sharpie to like the logo on the chest. <laughs> right. And she's released obviously as Miss Magnificent. <laughs> um, and I would like to see them sue us. I would be like, listen, the only reason this exists is because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, 
There's other taglines to this film. I found them. Oh, okay. There's some better ones. Okay. Uh, there is... She does two things extremely well. One of them is flying. <laughs> okay. Uh, you will see a woman fly, which is just the tagline to a Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, except a man, obviously. Right. Uh, and then there's faster than a speeding buttock. <laughs> which is... Uh, that's my favorite. I love that one, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it really means. No. Uh, just like the ass, like, rippling while you're, like, you know, hit, you know, tapping it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it means. Just like, bop, 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 You know? Yeah. That's the noise it makes. Bop, 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 It gets faster, yeah. Yeah. So where's this movie? It begins, I think, not on Earth, but... The opposite of Earth. Yes, in the outerest of spaces. This is, I think, the first time we've been to space on the show. Oh, yeah. We think haven't really done right. any. We haven't done anything science fiction yet, but I think we're going to rectify that pretty soon. Yeah. So, yeah, this, I believe, is our first trip to space for the Raincoat Report. Yeah. There was a rocket that launched in Deep Throat, but that doesn't count. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well it's, it's just a, meta- a visual like metaphor. Yeah. Well, it's one small step for a pervert and one giant leap for pervert kind. God bless. So we open the film with a spaceship flying through space. In fact, this is a uh, Battlestar craft, I believe. We get some uh, title cards for the producers and then a narrator overdub here. I didn't really catch all of it, but essentially it's introducing us to Creta Borgia, banned from our solar system and flying through space, causing chaos. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the narrator, like, just fucking popped some downers and then got in the booth. <laughs> it's very, uh, like, a monotonous sort of uh, explanation of what's happening. But, right. Uh, I like it. I like this little spaceship that's like a cutout. Yeah. It's just zooming across, like, pictures of galaxies and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, pretty impressed with it. We see in the bridge of the Battlestar craft. Yeah. Uh, Krita Borgia commanding her crew, Star Trek style. And it's Jesse St. James dressed as kind of like a sexy or like a Borg, maybe. <laughs> you know, something. She got like tubes and stuff about her. Yeah. She's got quite a look. She kind of looks like. Maybe like a Sailor Moon like villain a little bit. Yeah, kind of. She's got like a sexy like tiara type thing and like a strange shimmering cape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I quite like the des- I like a lot of the costume design in this film. I was pretty impressed. I was going into this kind of expecting it to be pretty half-assed, but uh, not there's, too bad. There's, there's some good stuff in it. Yeah, there's definitely some solid stuff here. Like, the bridge of the ship looks pretty good for something that looks like it was probably built in a person's garage. Right. Krita Borgia talks about how she will rule the universe and be queen of the universe. So, uh, they start talking and they're going to be landing on Earth and they're going to land in a Safeway parking lot. This is all part of the plan to take over the universe. Yeah, and this is, I think, where the produce guy first is introduced. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think that first he's like, oh, don't make sure we don't get near that produce truck again. He oh. threw tomatoes at me. 
I didn't catch that. That makes that later scene makes so much more sense. Yeah, they drop it a couple times, I think, just where they're just talking about, she doesn't want to be near that produce driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay. I was like, someone's going to get a tomato thrown at him eventually. Uh, and uh, we were not disappointed. <laughs> no, never. Krita Borgia mentions that there's just one person capable of stopping her now. Then we get a cut to the Miss Magnificent title card. So we see Miss Magnificent, or Superwoman, flying around. Yeah, she's on that green screen, just... Rubbing her tits. <laughs> rubbing her tits, just flying over the city. Yes. We then see John Seaman, who is playing Charles. He uh, walks over to the edge of a roof and looks over the side and takes off his coat and drops it and... Watches it fall. It's at this point that Superwoman lands on the roof and startles him. He climbs down from the side of the uh, ledge and uh, back onto the roof proper. Superwoman notes that that's the coward's way out. Charles Brody is his name. He's a film producer. Yes. And he's stressed out by the people he has to work with. He can't take all the lying, cheating, and stealing. She says all he needs is a reason to keep living. He tells her that there's nothing left. She says, maybe I can give you something. She uh, guides his hands to her breasts. He... She tells him to say what's on his mind, and he says she has great tits. He says you got a great set of tits. Yes. Yeah, to be more specifics. Indeed. To be, yes. So we cut to them inside, and uh, she's now down to her cape and boots, which is her sex outfit in this film. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize the censored logos were front and back. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, she turns around, and I guess the symbol's on the cape as well. Does Superman have a symbol on his cape? I, I think there have been costumes that have had that, but I don't think that usually normally, he does. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've looked at Superman. His muscles disturb me <laughs> so she's blowing him inside and uh, she asks if he enjoys that and he says yes don't stop she strokes his cock a bit and uh, he tells her to talk dirty she asks him if he wants to fuck her and tells her to fuck her now so uh, he lays her on a bed it's a weird round bed it's a very it's a strange room it is a strange room overall. There's also like a weight bench that looks like it's maybe used for fucking or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's just a little tiny side table like way off to the side. And the whole thing's in like an alcove that's like surrounded by windows as well. Yes. Once again, some great set design. So he's standing next to the bed and fucking her as she's laying on the bed. He says that he's glad that she came when she did. She saved his life. He keeps going at it, and Superwoman says, Oh, Charles, you're fucking me. <laughs> she gets on top reverse cowgirl. He tells her he wants to see her ass, and she rides him. She keeps saying she's going to come, and then she seems to deliver on that promise. Yeah, she says she comes, for sure. So uh, he says that she was fantastic, and she says that he was too. But then we cut to them fucking more. He's fucking her doggy style. She says, oh, fuck me, Charles. Fuck me good. Oh, you're doing it, Charles. <laughs> Charles then asks if he can put it in her ass. 
and she tells him to fuck her ass. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen as he excitedly keeps fucking her doggy style and pulls out to come on her ass. Yes. He says that she was the best ever, and she says she's going to get some rest, and he notes that he was so excited he came early. He wanted to put it in her ass, but he came too soon. She tells him to go home and get some rest, too. We then see Krita walk into an apartment with her servants. She has... Two male and two female servants. Yes, she's got quite a team. She's assembled. The men have elf ears. Yes, they do. And, uh, like, harnesses. Yeah. And speedos. Right. And the women are kind of painted. Yeah, they're painted in, like, shoe shine. Yeah. Like <laughs> not like a... Not blackface. Right, yeah, not but dark. No, but One like, of them's, like, yellow, and the other one's, like, reddish. Right. Yeah. Krita calls the apartment they walk into a dump, and one of her underlings says that that was the best that their agent could find for a rental. Krita says not to use him again. It is quite ugly. It is. It's got this horrible green wallpaper with this terrible design. Right. And just a bunch of just super gaudy late 70s furniture. (laughs) Right. Krita also complains about their flying and where they landed. Did she mention the produce guy here again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's mad that they, I think they parked too close to him or something. We cut to Superwoman talking to a photo of who we find out is her boyfriend, John. Talks about how she needs to find him. So Superwoman is trying to find her boyfriend who's gone missing. Yeah, I think they, does that come up when they're on the ship in space earlier? I think they might. I think it might have been mentioned. I think they, like, cut to him, and I think one of them is about to, like, blow him, and then I think they cut back to uh, whatever else was going on, maybe the credits. Okay, that might be it. Yeah. Superwoman's looking in the mirror, and she points out her great set of tits and her legs to match. And uh, did she also mention her ass... What was it, an ass to pile drive or something weird like that? It's definitely said later in the film. I thought that it was perhaps a repeated line. It might be. I'm not sure. I don't recall that exact film. Uh, That exact line in the film. I'll I'll get to it later. I think that the exact line does get repeated. Uh, But anyway, she's talking about, you know, her uh, assets uh, as she looks at herself in the mirror. We then cut to Krita, who uh, Superwoman in the last scene noted before it cuts away. She was a conceited bitch. Krita's looking at herself in a mirror, and her two servant boys come and bring a large block into the room. Krita picks up a hammer, and they turn out the lights and gather around the block that they brought in. They all kneel sitting around it, and then Krita smashes the block with the hammer. We hear some, like sci-fi cues some bloop blops and stuff Uh uh-huh inside was a big dildo and she says dildo apparently it's supposed to be an exact duplicate of superwoman's boyfriend's dick which is 14 inches uh which we see later and i have a a feeling that it wasn't 14 inches yeah not quite there the dildos Uh, probably is though yeah the dildo is a kryptonite dildo which they cannot say right just so we're clear to everyone, uh, it's long and green and 
kind of thin and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Krita looks at the dildo and says, this will be your death. We cut to one of the servant girls blowing Superwoman's boyfriend, John, who's chained up and imprisoned. She says, once she saw that dildo, she had to have the real thing. He tells her to enjoy herself while she can. So it's at this point that we cut back to uh, be introduced to Lois Lay and Clark Click, who uh, work at the same newspaper that Superwoman does under her name, Linda Lane. Wait, Linda Kent. Yeah, just Linda Kent. And they work at the LA Times. Oh, that's right. It is the LA Times. Or at least that's what she tells someone later on. Maybe that's a lie. Well, they pull up a newspaper that is the LA Times at one point, too. Okay, so it's probably true, then. They just work at the LA Times, which is a real paper, I believe. Yes. Lois answers the phone and hands it over to Clark. He's talking to somebody on the other end. He says, do what? 200 feet long. Once Clark gets off the phone, he tells Lois Lay that it was a prank call. He starts talking about his prior stories that gave him fame. He talks about one where a guy in a crowded elevator swallowed a grenade. Yes. Uh, He talked about a couple other ones. I didn't make notes here. Yeah, uh, some woman dies of an accidental overdouche somehow. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what the context of that was. That's just the line I wrote down. Yeah, that was one of the stories that he mentioned that we don't get any elaboration on. Yeah, I think a fire hydrant went off and, like, blew up a lady's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Clark's talking to Lois, and he mentions how the person on the phone said that there was a spaceship in a parking lot. But uh, Superwoman, Linda Kent, overhears this and then uses her powers to see that the spaceship is Krita's. Yeah, she uses her X-ray vision, which is a bright yellow cone of color that blasts from her eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely effect. There will be a screenshot of it, I'm sure. So Linda tells them that she's going to go look into that prank call. We then see Linda walking onto the spaceship, looking around in her civilian gear. She asks herself why they would abandon their craft. She mentions that if they did kidnap John, they must be holding him hostage, but why? She's then confronted by Krita's two male servant boys. Uh, They talk to each other for a moment after finding her and telling her to go. They kind of sidebar and then they touch their hands together and then touch their foreheads together yeah it's like a vulcan like mind meld high five right uh one other thing in this is there's a lot of uh superwoman's thoughts oh yeah yeah um is like narration but they're they add an echo effect for reasons i don't understand and it makes it kind of hard to understand what she's thinking right right They tell her to leave and just not report on it, and she says in her narration, her in-head thoughts, that she wants to be taken captive by them. I guess the idea being that that would get her closer to John. So she says that they're missing out on publicity, but okay. But before she gets up, she notes that one of them has uh, some dirt on his crotch. So she reaches up and starts to rub his uh, crotch lump. Mm Mm-hmm. She then gets up and goes to leave, but one of the guys pushes her down. 
she asks him if he'd like to fuck her while she sucks his friend off. Yes. And uh, they just look at each other. Mm -hmm. And then we cut. We don't get to see any of it yet. No, we cut to Lois, who uh, has walked into some slob's apartment. Yeah. Uh, This is Jake. Jake, played by David Morris. You won't forget his name. No, you won't. So Lois is trying to interview him, and he doesn't seem to really be into it. She's trying to get some information about Superwoman's missing boyfriend. He tells her that his favorite program is about to come on, so she needs to hurry up. He notes that he heard them fucking next door all the time. Lois can tell that he's not really wanting to talk to her, so she says she's going to leave, and he says, well, you wanted to ask me questions, so go ahead. She notes that he doesn't seem interested in answering. He starts talking about how he needs to find a job and find this, but he also mentions that he needs some pussy. She does not take well to this and decides to leave, but he notes that she'll never find out anything if she keeps running away. So she turns around and walks towards him, and he tells her to hike up her dress a little bit. It's at this point that I can tell that the TV is just playing in the background mm-hmm. and continues to play out through this scene yes, in a very interesting way. We hear an announcer on the TV say, More adventures with Tarzan after this. Uh, he tells her to go ahead and show him her pussy. She undresses down to like a garter belt and stockings. He takes off his shirt and pants as we listen to the commercials playing. He tells her to get down and show him some love, and she goes down and starts to blow him. She gets into it, and we see this for a moment, but he's grabbing her head and kind of forcing her head, and she starts to get upset with that. So he tells her to get on her hands and knees on the couch, and he starts to fuck her doggy style. It's at this point that the Milky Way commercial starts playing. (laughs) We get some good shots from behind of doggy penetration here. He's really uh, giving her the business. We get a Lucky Charms commercial playing. And we get that to play out. But after the main Lucky Charms commercial plays, we also get notified that now there are Battlestar Galactica stickers in Lucky Charms. Great. Let's get some Lucky Charms. Jake continues to fuck her, grabbing her garter belt for leverage and really laying it into her. She says, I don't even know your name. He says it's Jake, and then he says he won't let her forget. So he asks what his name is, and she says, Jake! He asks what he's doing to her. She says that he's fucking her pussy. We cut to Superwoman blowing one of the servant boys as the other's going down on her. She tells the guy going down on her that her pussy is begging for attention, so he gets up and starts to fuck her as she continues blowing the other guy. She says in her inner monologue that... She knows she shouldn't be doing this, but she continues to get railed. Yeah, why not? I mean, you're already here. Go ahead and finish getting railed. Indeed. Like, you got caught, like, doing what you're supposed to do, so you may as well, you know, make the most out of it. Yeah. That's uh, my perspective on it, though. (laughs) After a bit, the guy that she was blowing starts kind of just stroking it next to her, and then he straddles her face and starts to fuck her tits. She notes in her inner monologue that if she could only use her superwoman powers, she could really show them. I don't understand why she can't. 
I guess maybe we could just give her away. She is wanting to get captured by them and to go kind of behind the scenes okay. and steal her boyfriend away. So I think her idea is to not let them know that she is Superwoman. It seems like if she's Superwoman, she could just smash them. I mean, she could, but she needs to figure out where her boyfriend is. I guess that's true. I, I mean, she could probably torture them into finding out, but... Yeah, she kind of does torture someone later. Kind of, yeah. She's more morally gray than Superman. He usually doesn't <laughs> torture people. Yeah, he's a bitch. Yeah, he is. <laughs> we then cut to Lois getting fucked by Jake. They're standing up and he's fucking her face to face as they're standing next to a door frame. The scene goes through a lot of positions. It does. But, uh, it's a good sex scene, though. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. There's a lot of good stuff going on in it. It does, yes. Jake says something about how women fucked by Jake always know they've been fucked by Jake. And <laughs> he asks if she's ever been fucked in the ass before. And I don't think she actually answers, but he tells her where to go, and then he starts to fuck her in the ass. To go to hell. So, uh, unlike the scene with uh, John Seaman, he uh, got to his ass fucking. Yeah. He, he did quite a bit. Yeah, he really lets loose. She reaches back and is rubbing her clit as he's fucking her. He tells her, Come on, you fucking two bit whore. She says she loves it and tells him to fuck her harder. He says that he knows she fucking loves it and slaps her ass repeatedly. Yeah. He says now she knows his name. He says, that's it, bitch. You know you love it. She reaches back to slap at him and he grabs her wrists and twists it behind her and keeps fucking her. Yeah, I love it. Back to Superwoman and the boys and they're grunting like pirates. <laughs> lots of R's coming out of them. They're space pirates. Uh, one of them comes on her tits and stomach with a pretty massive load. Yeah, he drips it everywhere. Uh, the other one's still fucking her when she kind of adjusts her wig a bit and then asks if there's uh, somewhere she can freshen up. We cut to them alone, and they talk about how uh, they've been fucking girls all over the universe and mention not being into the girls with three tits, but those double-cunted Zargoids weren't too bad. Yeah, Zargoids are pretty cool. They're <laughs> one of my favorite aliens. Yes. We cut back to Jake coming on Lois's ass. Then we see Superwoman land in a window uh, in an apartment building. She notes that she needs to work on her landings. She walks into the apartment where Jake is fucking Lois. Lois tells him not to stop fucking now. But Superwoman comes up and kicks Jake, and uh, he grabs her tit, and then she grabs his cock and starts twisting it, and continues to do so until he passes out. Yes, he dies from it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his cock twisted so hard that he has like an aneurysm and dies on the spot. That's a bummer. Well, for Jake. Yes. <laughs> but he's gone, but not forgotten. Yes, no one will forget his name. Yeah. Superwoman tells Lois she's sorry for being late. Lois says that she was just pretending to like it in the end, but then also says maybe that's not right. Lois says she wants to ride with Superwoman, but Superwoman tells her her insurance doesn't cover passengers and takes off out the window. 
Lois seems really enamored with her. Yeah, I thought that might be going somewhere, but I don't think it really gets there. No, not really. Which is disappointing. We see Krita Borgia. She shows up at the newspaper and introduces herself to Clark Click. She says that she wants to take out an ad in the newspaper. She sits on his desk and kind of pulls up her leg, showing off her beaver. She wants to post this ad, which appears to be a riddle for Superwoman. Yeah, it's a cryptic little riddle poem that she has written for her. And I didn't write any of it down, but... I did. Okay. It's, don't try to see, I have led all around me. That man you miss brings me happiness and bliss. To see him alive, it's tomorrow at five. Be near the park benches, or he's my 14 inches. <laughs> That's a beautiful poem, actually. Um, it's not really a riddle, because I think she knows who she's looking for. It's more of a, like a challenge to a fight in poem form. I guess so, you're right. Borgia says something about how she's so smart, and she gets off on that. She talks about how she loves the little poem she wrote. Uh, but it's at this point that Clark Click forces her down on the desk and starts to go down on her. She says how she wished that their tongues were as long as their cocks. She also asks him if his little stiffy is up, but he continues to go down on her for a bit. He then undresses down to his tidy whities which Krita then pulls down to start blowing him. He then sits her up on his desk, and while standing, starts to fuck her. He's uh, really laying it down in her for a bit. She tells him that she won't be able to get off like this. He's not really listening for a bit, and finally he gets his attention with, Hey, fuckhead! <laughs> she tells him to move to the floor because it's uncomfortable on the desk, so she gets down and doggy on the carpet, and he starts to fuck her from behind. After a bit, she tells him to lay down, and she starts to fuck him cowgirl. She then starts to blow him with some significant handwork as she goes at it. Yeah, she uses both hands, and it's, it's quite good. This is another good sex scene in this it film. It is. Um, a lot of good angles and position switch-ups. Yeah. Yeah. She finishes him off stroking him, and he comes all over his belly, and she licks uh, his cock a bit and rubs the cum into his skin. She says, that was a good start, Clark. Let's try something fancy this time. <laughs> the shot then goes out of focus, and then we come back into focus, and Clark is tied up in a chair in between the two servant boys. It seems that she wants to hold him hostage in order to try to summon Superwoman. He tells her that she's not interested in him. She's interested in her missing boyfriend, referring to Superwoman. He then yells at Krita, who then makes a comment about wanting to cornhole him with the kryptonite dildo. Yeah, which we don't get to see. Unfortunately. I'm very disappointed. No good pegging in this film, unfortunately. They make him smell something that they broke open to put him to sleep. And uh, we then see Krita yelling at the servant boys, saying that she had to fuck him for over two hours waiting for them. They say that they were checking on the Battlestar craft. She says, for two hours? They tell her that there was a reporter there. One of them notes she had a great set of tits. The other one says, with legs to match. 
And Krita asks, and a pile-driving ass? They say yes. She tells him that was Superwoman. They reply with, we were fucking Superwoman? So that's the line that I thought might have been said by her in the mirror earlier. That she had a great set of tits with legs to match and a pile-driving ass. Perhaps so. Perhaps so. Perhaps so. Perhaps so. We cut to Superwoman, who is uh, in her bed fucking herself with a dildo. She's in a silky robe that apparently has the S logo on it as well. Uh, yes. Scratched out, of course. Mm-hmm. An alarm then goes off, and she says, Shit, that was the shortest lunch hour ever. Not even one come. <laughs> so we see her leaving the apartment building and getting into her car. It won't start. She says, Come on, Julie, get started, and I promise I'll get that window replaced. She continues to try to start it, and it doesn't go. She says, all right, the window and some body work. She continues to try to start it and it doesn't go. She says, fine, the window and all the body work. And then finally, Julie, the car starts. I don't understand if she can fly while she has to drive around in this crappy car. Well, I think at some point she's trying to do things incognito as Linda. I think you could just fly and just land somewhere and just switch. Maybe. It might be hard to, like, land somewhere and not be seen no. in the middle of the day. No. It's nighttime. Know. It is not nighttime at this point. It isn't? I don't think so. It is outside. Oh, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we see Lois carrying a bunch of papers out of, I guess, the L.A. Times office. She drops them on the ground and... uh Linda pulls up in her car. She picks up the newspapers and sees the headline that Clark Click has been kidnapped. Linda says they have to do something. Lois is going to stay at the office waiting for a ransom call. But uh, Linda's looking at it and she reads something out of the article that sounds like a clue of some sort, but we only kind of half hear it and I didn't take a note of it. It doesn't really matter. Was it the poem again? I thought it was something different than the poem from earlier, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was about how long he was fucking. Maybe. The detectives are like, we don't have any hard evidence, but there are at least several liters of sexual fluids. <laughs> so we <laughs> yeah. can guess by these that the uh, the victim was fucked for at least two hours straight. Right. <laughs> We then see one of Krita's female servants visiting John, chained up. She unchains one of his hands. He asks if she could unchain the other so they could do it properly. She tells him to shut up and do me. So she gets on top of him, reverse cowgirl, and rides his cock. This goes on a bit, and she starts to rub her clit as she's getting into it. She then kind of leans sideways, and he's kind of thrusting into her sideways on the ground. One of his arms still tied. He then pulls out and seems to have just kind of a ruined orgasm on her leg. Uh, after most of it's out, she strokes it a little bit more. John then asks the servant if they can start this ship, and we see them <laughs> just kind of walk into the bridge of the ship. Yeah, his dick turned her quick. Yeah. 
Uh, he wants to start the ship and get it out of here, which would leave Superwoman against Krita without a way for Krita to get away. He asks something about how the ship works, and uh, the servant mentions something about a Hemi engine of some sort. Then we hear the uh, produce salesman, <laughs> who's yelling about Red Hot Tomatoes. Uh, John goes to see what's going on, and then we see him running back into the bridge and getting tomatoes pelted at him. Yep, here it all pays off eventually. So he just kind of collapses on the ground, having been repeatedly beaten by tomatoes. Yeah, those things are they're harder than they look. I guess so. They're like bricks. They're uh, that's how they're described. They're the bricks of the fruit world. Oh yeah. We cut to Krita and one of the boy servants with uh, Lois and Clark tied up. She makes some joke about them being in the exploration business, but none of the servants present like it. Yeah, well, she gets the name wrong, so... <laughs> <laughs> one of the servant women is brought in. Krita asks the servant, where are they? And she doesn't answer. She tells the other servants to take her clothes off, and they do. And then they ran. And then they lay her on a random motorcycle that's yeah, in the room. I don't remember. I don't know where this came from, but yeah, it's just a motorcycle that is uh, there for reasons that I don't. I don't know. Krita asks her servant, "Why has my pet decided to treat me this way?" She asks if she has to prove that she loves her servant again. Krita starts to go down on her servant on top of the bike. Clark, who's chained up on the floor, mentions he has a hard-on. Lois says, now isn't the time, and says they need Superwoman. But Clark says, well, you have a free hand, so she just reaches over and starts to undo his pants. The two servant boys are rubbing the uh, girl who's getting fucked's tits as uh, Creed is going down on her. Lois is blowing Clark on the floor. Krita asks the servant if she wants to start cooperating, and she says no. So then Krita makes a fist and seemingly punches it into her, mm -hmm. though we don't quite see that happening. No, uh, this isn't that kind of film. Right. We do cut to Lois blowing Clark and then back to Krita, who has her hand kind of partially in her vagina. Lois finishes off Clark, and then... Uh, one of the servant boys comes on the servant girl's tits and rubs the cum into her skin. Krita says that she's going to take her hand out now, and the servant says, don't do it yet, and she asks her again where they went. Her servant tells them, the Battlestar craft. Krita then takes her hand out, and the servant cries out that she said she wouldn't take it out, but in fact she did not. Yeah, she lied to her to get what she wanted, which is a bad thing to do. Indeed. So, we see Superwoman climbing aboard the Battlestar craft to find basically everybody already there. Krita and all of her servants and uh, Lois and Clark tied up. Krita opens up a box and produces the kryptonite dildo. She says she's been waiting for this moment. She says that she's going to put off Superwoman's death just long enough to enjoy it. She commands that the servants undress Superwoman and put her in her chair. The two female servants and Lois and Clark are all tied up to the side. 
Superwoman still has her cape and boots on, but nothing else. And Krita starts to prepare herself and uh, strap on her kryptonite dildo in a strap-on harness. Yeah, it's a very um, it's a very nice shiny sequin cod piece that she has. Yes, it is. She tells Superwoman that she's going to get her due, so Krita starts to fuck Superwoman with her kryptonite dildo. She doesn't go very deep with it. No. It's just a couple inches. I guess you don't need to go super deep to just drain her powers. No, and I mean, it's a 14-inch dildo anyway, so it's probably not going to go that deep anyway. She should still jam as much in there as she can. That's fair. The male servants are holding Superwoman's arms as Creed is fucking her. The prisoners watch, noting she's going to die, and one asks, what will happen to us? Krita says, die, Superwoman, die. It's at this point that two random people show up. Uh, a British gentleman and a woman who's with him. They mention that they're there to buy cucumbers. The gentleman notes that Krita has a great green member there. And she asks if he wants to taste, and he says it's too big for his taste. So she sends a servant over to check them out and says something about treasure. He makes some comment about the woman's mouth, the size of her mouth, and the, and kind of implicates something about the size of her vagina. The guy goes over to Krita and starts to make out with her. One of the male servants starts to undress and make out with the woman. The servant women are blowing Clark. Then uh, the grocery woman's blowing one of the servant guys. This is a baffling decision towards the end of the film to just introduce these British people. <laughs> yeah. And just have them derail the rest of what was happening. Right. They completely ignored Superwoman, who's just chilling in the chair, although she's incapacitated by the dildo at this point. Yeah, she's been drained thoroughly. Uh, the other servant boy is fucking Lois. Uh, we get some cuts back and forth and some exchanges of partners throughout all of this. Yeah, it's, it's a long... Uh, Multifaceted orgy. Lois is getting fucked by one of the servant boys and blowing the other as uh, the grocery girl is blowing Clark. There's all kinds of sucking and fart. <laughs> There's all kinds of sucking and fucking here. There's all kinds of sucking and farting. It's a. Uh, it's just a. Just a bunch of nasty slopping sounds. Yeah. Um. It's better than the Carlos Tobolina orgy from last week. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Krita's blowing the the grocery guy who came in as well as one of the servant boys. They go back and forth. Uh, Krita finishes off the guy who came in with the groceries. It's around this time that Superwoman stirs awake. And then John shows up and starts to throw people around. <laughs> Uh, then a red light starts to flash and an alarm sounds. Yeah, there was a red light earlier in the film when they were on the ship, and yeah. no one reacted to it, so I assume it's just something the ship does. Yeah. Well, at this point, it was signifying that the ship was about to take off. So people start to rush out and off of the Battlestar craft. We see them climbing off into the parking lot, mostly still not clothed, and they watch as the ship takes off. And so, Krita Borgia and 
I guess her people are all still on the ship, and all of the Earthlings get off. Clark says, boy, was that a close encounter. Lois says, wait till I talk to Linda about this. She'll never believe it. We then cut to Superwoman walking into her apartment. John is in bed and asks how she was out in the world like that, pointing that she's just wearing her cape and her boots. She says she had no choice because he had her clothes. He says she must have flashed the whole city and she notes that she missed him. But when she pulls back the covers to the bed, she sees that he's wearing her tights. Uh, this doesn't get unpacked, unfortunately, because then the phone rings and it's a call from John Seaman, Charles, on the roof. He says he's really going to do it this time. She says, I thought we had that settled. He says it never ends. Always something new. And then she interrupts him and says she works 365 days a year, too. Life's not a bowl of cherries. She says she has to get up every Christmas morning, every holiday. He says, well, I didn't know. She says, oh, thanks. And then she says goodbye to Charles. She says, that's goodbye to Charles, goodbye to Krita, and hello to you, to John. John asks her, who's Charles? She says, a friend of mine who doesn't have time to take the elevator down. Yeah. She gives him like a pull yourself up by your bootstrap speech and then jokes about him killing himself. <laughs> yes. She, uh, she just wants a dick. Yeah. Yeah. John asks her what she thinks will happen to Krita. We then cut to Krita on her Battlestar craft. She's talking to her servants and says to set a course for Krylar. Then she says, I will return and turns her chair away from the camera at which point we cut to the end. Mm -hmm. And that was Superwoman, a.k.a. Miss Magnificent. Yes, it was. That was our film of the week. Yes, so film of the week. It's film of the week. It's our top pick of the week. Indeed it is. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Superwoman, or Miss Magnificent. Why don't you undo my other hand, and then we can enjoy ourselves properly. One is enough for now. Well, I don't know what you're here for, but if that's all you want, fine by me. Just do me, okay? favorite farm animal um horsey because of the penis well it helps all right <laughs> well we're back on the show i'm gonna do the raincoat review okay do the raincoat review no i don't think i will very well okay no i've got one for you okay chew on this um i really like this film yeah. It is a, to my mind, a, a well-constructed, generally uh, funny, erotic film. I think it succeeds at both its uh, attempts at humor and its attempts at uh, being pornography. And I think it does a 
a pretty serviceable job with the genre part of the film. It doesn't go overboard into her powers, but um, it's got a lot of the trappings and stuff. Yeah. And like I said before, I like a lot of the costume and set design and all of that, and that adds in a lot to it. To be honest, I thought it was probably going to suck. I just had a feeling that it was just going to be not even bad, but just boring. Okay. It it certainly isn't that. No, no. No. uh, A lot happens. I think that it does a a pretty good job of balancing its plot with the uh, amount of sexually explicit scenes. Yeah. Everything sort of resolves itself in the end as far as that little superhero story goes you right. know the villains defeated and the couple's back together and uh she saves the day i mean he saved the day technically yeah but uh, i mean she was incapacitated so i'm gonna give her i'm gonna cut her some slack <laughs> uh some very good sex scenes in here uh especially the ones with uh jesse st james and uh, mike horner yeah. I think are good. Uh, Jake and Lois, who I think's name, I think she's played by Holly McCall, who I don't think really became anyone, but uh, she can take a dick pretty well. So She it's sure a can. bit disappointing that she, I haven't seen her more. Yeah. I would say this film's worth checking out. Uh, it satisfies me as both a film in a cinematic sense and in a pornographic sense. All right. It's not the best thing, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, because there are just even beyond just the cuts that needed to be made to satisfy, uh, the, the fucking vampires over a DC comics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, I would say maybe a little bit more money and production value probably would have boosted it up a little bit. But yeah. if you don't have that, you know, I can't blame you. Uh, that said, for what it is, very enjoyable film. Uh, I would give it a three and a half. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree that this film takes a lot of weird swings and lands with most of them. Um, the only thing I didn't, that's still baffling to me, is just having. It kind of become a Monty Python sketch where people wander in from the grocery store. Right. <laughs> uh, and just start demanding things, and then it becomes an orgy. Right. But uh, beyond that, I think most of the, the comedy stuff hits pretty well. Yeah. And some of the odd story curveballs. Yeah, I agree. There's uh, a lot of fun stuff going on here, and of course we have the lovely Desiree Custode to guide us along for the journey. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Jesse St. James and the rest of the cast really uh, pull their weight. So there's nothing to complain about there. Yeah, I would compare this to, like, a good, like, Bob Chin film, I think. Okay, yeah. You know, it's got some of that that similar kind of style of humor and that sort of kitchen sink way where you just kind of throw everything and see what sticks. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, I agree. The sex scenes are fun. The movie is amusing. It's definitely not boring. It's got a good pace to it. Mm -hmm. Overall, I really like it, and it's something that, you know, as we often say, it's not necessarily like the first movie you should go out of your way to find, but, uh, you know, if you're going on the journey through the history of adult film like we are, it's a nice stop along the way, and uh, I'd certainly prioritize it over some things, so... 
Yeah, definitely. And just for uh, it being kind of like just in the superhero genre and just being sort of a rarity, mm-hmm. uh, I think that gives it some value as well. Absolutely. Uh, especially for the time. Like, obviously now there's a bunch of those. Like, any Marvel movie or DC movie that gets made will probably get one. Right. Uh, more or less. Maybe the Eternals won't. But... Uh, I wouldn't count it out. I'm not going to count it out just yet. But yeah, I, I like it. Uh, it's definitely good to see something kind of fresh after seeing so many horror and, like, uh, detective films. Yeah, just yeah. To give the genre just keep those holes you know stretched yeah you know you don't want to don't want to pull something right keep your plug in all day so you're ready once you get home yeah exactly so uh i would also give this film three and a half stars i think it's a fun little time and uh you know if uh you come across it in your many travels through this world it's worth taking a look at for sure yeah um so We've got social media, you know that, Instagram, Twitter, at Raincoat Report. Um, yes. You can find us wherever you find the podcast normally. You can send us whatever you want to raincoatreport at gmail.com. And is that everything there? That's basically everything. All right. Well, as Boss said, you know, keep your plug in all day and don't forget your raincoat. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs>